Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Sharing the gospel in our world, our role in sharing the gospel in our world, uh, not just the world, but your world, because you guys all have a world, you have a context, you have a life that you live. And last week I talked a little bit about being relationally attentive and I mean, relationally relevant and spiritually attentive, that we have to be relationally relevant and spiritually attentive. If we're going to reach people for Christ, we have to do that thing. And I shared from the the book of Acts, and I talked about this guy named Philip, one of the seven that was chosen from the apostles to to do the distribution of food. But they did so much more than just the distribution of food. And and Philip uh, uh, made a big impact in everywhere that he went. God called him to go and, and speak on this desert road. He was just, just called to leave where he was, doing the ministry that he was doing, and it was an effective ministry, but God called him to leave where he was to go to this desert road, and as he went on that journey, God said, there's a man by a, 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 in a chariot. Go stand now that, near that chariot. Just stand near that chariot. Like, how much more awkward would that be on a desert road? Like, it's one thing if it was like the turnpike or probably not standing out on the turnpike, but like out in a really public place, but not a desert road all by yourself and just going up next to the chariot and standing next to it. But that's what God called Philip to do. And at the very perfect time, ordained time, God had set that up. Philip is there and the man is reading Isaiah 53 which is the story of the Messiah. It's the, it's the Old Testament prophecy pointing to Christ. And Philip is able to tell him, this is what this is all about. And that Ethiopian eunuch, who, who was uh, over the treasury of Candace, like he, he was um, super influential. And God was able to use uh, uh, Philip to minister to that Ethiopian eunuch who was baptized. And who knows how many other people were ch- touched and transformed because Philip was obedient. Well, this week, I had a a kind of an interesting situation, scenario that happened to me. I was driving down 157th Avenue right here, driving south, going home, and uh, it was right about rush hour uh, traffic, probably about 6.15, coming from the office, heading to our house. We live just south of here, uh, a couple of miles from here. And I was driving south, and and you start to see, like, the traffic backing up, and you start to see everybody turning on their blinkers on 157, going south, and they're turning, and traffic's slowing down, and I'm like, man, what's going on? And I see my window. There's, There's an opportunity for me to get around because I'm in this lane and everybody's moving over. So I, I make my way over and I get around and I whip past it. And I'm like, yes, I didn't get stuck behind this guy who was broken down. And he was broken down with, with his car on the main road, blocking traffic with cars doing what they do in Miami, just whipping by him, not worrying about him for a second. And I was one of those people. I did that very, very same thing. And as I passed him, I look back and And I'm like, wow. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. And he said, go stand near that. Go to that Corolla and stand near it. And I was like, Lord, I don't think I can stand near that Corolla. First of all, I was justifying it. I was thinking about all the reasons why I couldn't. I was thinking about the fact that there was no place to pull off. There was no place to turn around. I was in the middle of traffic, and I was just going to slow things down even worse. And I just kept on driving, driving, driving. It was at like 145th Street, driving towards 152nd, going south. And finally, I got up to the, the, uh, the shopping center right here where the bank is, and, and the Lord said, just pull into the bank. So I pulled into the bank, and, and I felt like the Lord said, just walk back. Just walk back. So that's what I did. From 145th Street, walked back towards the Corolla. 
And sure enough, here's this guy, his hood's up, alternator went out, and uh, he doesn't know what to do, but there's all kinds of cars just doing what they've been doing the whole, the last 20 minutes, just getting around him. And I said, hey, man, listen, um, can I help you? Can I, can I give you a push? And he's like, I don't know where you're going to push it, because there's literally between there, it might have been 147th, because there was, no, um, there was no streets to turn into between there and the end uh, at, until the shopping center. And I was like, let's just push it. Let's just go. And so we got, he got into the car and started, you know, dealing with the steering wheel. And I got behind the car and just was praying that nobody would slam up against me. And uh, sure enough, man, we pushed it for what felt like a, a marathon. It felt like the longest ride ever as cars were whizzing past us. And I was like, how much farther is this? It felt like an eternity getting to that place. But God had put me in that place for such a time as that to be able to minister to Wilfredo, to tell him a little bit about who I was and what I did, to give him an invitation to renew church and uh, just let him know, hey, man, we're a church that cares about you. And literally, we're right around the corner from you. I wish I could tell you that he was here today. I wish I could tell you that he got baptized on that day. He didn't. But who knows what God is doing and how God is doing it. But you have to be relationally relevant. And you have to be spiritually attentive. So ask God, God, where is it that you want me to to do this? This message series is about evangelism. It's called Beyond. And it's about evangelism in the 20th century, the the second decade of the 20th century, 21st century, excuse me. And it looks a little different in our society than it does in other parts of the world and even in our community, but at a different time of the world. Like this day and age is so different than it was even 30 years ago. And we have to be thoughtful about that. We have to be intentional about that. You have to know that we do things a little bit different to reach the people that we don't know, that that don't even know that need, need to be reached. I mean, this is Miami, so they don't know and they don't need the same stuff that people in third world countries might need. In third world countries, you can take a meal or you can take provisions or, or even uh, housing to people that have experienced disasters or things. And that, in combination with the gospel, could change someone's life. But here in America, they don't need your food. They don't need your housing, oftentimes. They don't need those things like that. Yes, there's a homeless population, and we minister to those people. But the average everyday person doesn't need the same things this day and age and in our community. But I want to go to a text this morning, and I want to kind of parallel that with Acts chapter 17, starting at verse 16. And this is where we're going to be reading this morning, and we're going to read rather a long, uh, lengthy passage of Scripture. So if you'll uh, follow along with me, or you can uh, follow in your Bible or on, the, on, on your phone. It says, well, Paul was waiting for them in Athens. He was greatly distressed, greatly distressed, I want you to remember that, to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him, and some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? And others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. And then they took him and they brought him to a place, a meeting place, known as the Areopagus, also known as Mars Hill, where they said to him, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting. You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears and we would like to know what it is that they mean. 
all the Athenians, and this is parenthetical, all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. I want to give you some context for just a minute. We, we'll stop there. I'll come back to the text in just a minute. So the people of Athens, these were learned people. Like, this might be like modern day, like Boston. This might be that place where all of the academics go, Athens was, in that day and age. And, and uh, it was a place where these people, the Athenians, they were open-minded. In, in other words, they were not opposed to hearing what Paul had to say. They wanted to hear what Paul had to say. They gave him opportunity to speak, but they were also not opposed to what any other religions had to say on the meaning of life and existence. In other words, it was just kind of like, let's just see where this goes. Let's just hear what you have. They were, they were not closed-minded, but they were also not exclusive. The Athens population at that time, when this was written and, and when this happened, was about 10,000 people. That was the population of the city of Athens but they had 30,000 idols. They had 30,000 idols just within that. So, so like the ratio is three to one, three idols for every one person. So Paul, when he went to Athens, it says that he was deeply troubled. He was deeply troubled in verse 16. He was, he was greatly distressed is another way to put it. Because the city was full of idols. The Greek word was paroxysm. I knew I'd mess that up. I can't say it right. Paroxysm. Paroxysm. That's the word for deeply troubled. Which means that it wasn't just like a little bit disturbed or a little bit upset. It was like the, the word for paroxysm is sudden violent emotion. Ah. Like that's the feeling he had. A sudden and violent emotion. When I was a kid, I hated peroxide, especially when my, my, my cut on my foot got infected because I was always running around barefooted. And so then mom would make me uh, take and, and put the peroxide on my foot and it would start to bubble up and all that dirt would begin to be cleaned and, and uh, cleaned out and whatever, whatever peroxide actually does. But it was that paroxysm, that sudden emotion of, oh, you guys relate? Anybody remember those feelings? I hated peroxide because it hurt so much. It caused this sudden violent emotion, especially if my cut was infected. When he saw the people were spiritually blinded by the world around him, it caused him to have this same paroxysm. Can I ask you this? When was the last time you were deeply troubled? When was the last time that you had a sudden violent emotion for someone's spiritual condition? Like, man... Like literally like broken by it. Or are you sometimes just like, oh well, that's their choice. Oh well, that's their life. Oh well, that's their problem. See, the Apostle Paul saw that there was something wrong with these people and it caused him to be disturbed greatly, troubled deeply. He had this inner turmoil, but in the, inside of this inner turmoil, he turned it and he transformed it into a positive action. He went to where they were and he began to share the gospel with them. You see the Athenians, they had built an idol even to an unknown God. And I think it was for fear of missing a blessing. Like, in other words, they had 30,000 idols plus one, which was the unknown God, to kind of like cover my bases. In case I missed one, this is the one I missed. 
Like here's, here's the 30,001, and that one is just in case there was one that's going to get mad at me because I didn't list, you know, create the statue or the idol for him. So this is for you, unknown God. And Paul, he addressed their unknown God. But it wasn't an endorsement. I'm going to read about it in just a minute. But it wasn't an endorsement that you're about to learn about of their false God. Instead, it was an open door to witness to the one true God. And he began to establish this common ground with what they agreed on. Okay, so let me read to you in verse 22, Acts chapter uh, 17, starting at verse 22. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus, and he said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I, watched, as I walked around and I looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship, and this is what I'm going to, and this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. He begins to share how God created man to be in a relationship and appointed their times and set forth boundaries for them as, as he reads on through verse 26. And God, verse 27, he says, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not very far from any one of us. Verse 28, for in him we live and move and we have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Verse 28, therefore, since we are God's offspring, you, you see that, like he's literally using their own literature uh, to, to show them that this, what, what they believe is what he's proclaiming. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. Verse 32 and 33, it says uh, they began to, some laughed and sneered and some wanted to hear more and some became believers. It says in verse 32, we, we want to hear you again on this subject, but some of them sneered. At that, Paul left the council. Some of the people became followers of Paul and believed. Among them was Dionysius, a member of the Areopagus, also a woman named Damaris, and another, a, a number of others. Okay, this morning I want to kind of give you just a few points to, to emphasize what it is that we're doing when it comes to evangelism. First thing is, is uh, we, have to, we have to learn how to cross culture when it comes to, to uh, reaching people. So how do you cross culture? You cross culture with the cross. You cross culture with the cross of Jesus Christ. How do, you, how do you do that? By allowing your heart to break for lost people. Maybe you haven't been. Maybe it hasn't been. And I tell you, honestly, if I'm honest, sometimes mine doesn't. Sometimes I'm like, that's what they get. That's what they deserve. If they're going to live like that, that's on them. But that's not the way Paul looked at the people of Athens. When he walked that city his heart began to break for them. And that's the same kind of heart and attitude that we have to have. Does, someone, does meeting someone that doesn't know Christ, does that break your heart? If it doesn't, begin to pray that, God, would you break my heart for the people that don't know you? The second thing is, is to see culture from their perspective. To see culture from their perspective. Man, we have to have a respect for what they believe and try to see it from their point of view. Because everybody has an upbringing. Everybody has a background. Everybody has an experience that will impact their perspective. Not everybody had a 97-year-old grandmother that lived for Jesus and read her devotions every morning and went to church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday and did all of those things. 
Not everybody has that. So we can't just live in such a way to say, well, you should be like me. They don't know that yet. They don't understand that yet. So we've got to see things from their perspective and be able to love them right where they are. That's the third point. We've got to meet people right where they are. Paul started with their idols, these false idols, all 30,000 of them, plus the one to an unknown God, focusing in on that unknown God. And he started with that, and he wanted to engage their worldview so that he could capture their thoughts and begin to point them to Christ. That's what we have to do when it comes to reaching the people in our lives that don't know the Lord. And number four, refuse to compromise the gospel. Refuse to compromise the gospel. You see, Paul started by meeting them right where they were. And then from meeting them where they were, he took them to the cross. From meeting them at this place of, here's an unknown God. Here's the God that, that, that you think that you need to pray to or you need to worship or you need to deify or lift up. But let me tell you who it is and what it is that you are to worship, who it is that you're supposed to, to, to believe in. And that unknown God is Jesus Christ. Paul refused to compromise the gospel. He shared clearly that Jesus Christ came to die on the cross for them. And then finally, the fifth and final point is, is to be patient. To be patient in your efforts. You see, when they heard about the resurrection of the dead, it says some of them sneered. But others said, we want to hear you again on this subject at that, Paul left the council. Some of the people became followers of Paul and believed, and among them was Dionysius, a member of the Areopagus, also a woman named Damaris, and a number of others. I don't know about you, but like that, that is not, if, if, if you really just think about that and reread that, some of the people became followers. Like that doesn't sound too, too overwhelming. They name, he names uh, Dionysius, Damaris, and a number of others. What's a number of others? A number could be two, could be ten. But does that sound like a citywide revival? Does that sound like the entire uh, uh, city of Athens changed and followed the Lord Jesus Christ? No. And the point that I'm trying to make to you is, is that if that's what it takes for Paul, the apostle, that God called and, 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 and set apart and said, you're going to be the one and, and, and did this miraculous transformation of his life. And that's all Paul could come up with was just a couple of followers in Athens. Then sometimes that's, that's what it's going to be for us. The point that I'm trying to make is, is that we must be patient in our efforts. It's one of the things I'm learning at Renew Church. It's patience. Man, I want, I want Renew Church to blow up, right? People ask me, Pastor, how are you feeling about this? You know, we are a year old. I thought you'd be 500 by now. Well, no. Not, we're not. We're not. What can I tell you? We're, we're where God wants us to be. We're doing what God wants us to do but we're patient in our efforts. And who knows what God could be doing even through just the one or two, just the Dionysius. 
just the Damaris or just the number of others that God has put in place. A pastor told me, and I think I shared this a few weeks ago, a pastor told me, and he's been in the same church for 16 years, and his church has, has just continued to decline over the years. And we were praying together, and at this prayer service, he was like, you know what God showed me is, is I need to fall in love with the process. God told him that. And as, as much as God told him that, I felt like God spoke to me through that. Like, yes, I would love to see just revival break out in this community. I'd love to see more and poor people. I'd love to see your friends and your neighbors, all of them just show up at Renew Church because you invited them, because you gave them the flyers. But we as a group, as a body, as a church, we have to be patient in our efforts, believing that God has a plan and he knows what he's doing, just like he knew what he was doing with Paul there in Athens. I know we want it bigger, we want it better, we want it faster. But you know, er can sometimes become a God to us. It can come sometimes become an idol. Like we live for the, we live for the, the next big thing. We live for the bigger or the better or the, the faster or the cooler or the more popular. You can't idolize that stuff. We have to say, God, what is it that you want to do in me and through me and be patient and fall in love with the process? Key ideas, we must cross culture with the cross of Christ. We must cross culture with the cross of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing. And here's the reality. For many there in Athens, it was foolishness. They're like, what do you mean this guy died and he rose again? The resurrection what? The resurrection who? I didn't see that. I don't believe that. It was foolishness to most of the people in that room to that day and in that Areopagus and that Mars Hill. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And the cross of Christ, that's what's going to save your friend. That's what's going to save your family member. That's what's going to transform our community. The life-changing power of the cross. We've got to encounter, we've got to find ways to encounter people right where they're at. We've got to find ways to, to connect people with right where they're at. And so, so there's some ways to do that. Um, first of all, through social media, it's a huge way right here and now in our world today. Like that's something they didn't have when Paul was, you know, doing what he was doing, but you have it. It's at your fingertips and it's an opportunity to be a minister uh, through your Facebook and Instagram pages to let people know, to share. Like right now we're promoting our birthday. January the 26th is our one-year birthday, and we're pulling out all the stops, believing God's going to fill this room with people. We're going to celebrate. We're giving away tacos and T-shirts and having a birthday cake and a bounce house. It's just going to be a party. We're going to celebrate, but we're also going to talk about uh, the prodigal coming home and experiencing the, the, the joy that comes in finding and coming back to Jesus. It's going to be a powerful day. I'm excited about it. How many of y'all excited about it? Let me hear if you're excited about it. It's going to be a big day. A historical day. 
We had 205 people on our launch January the 27th. We're believing we're going to fill the room. We're going to have more than that on January the 26th on our one-year birthday. But it's going to take you guys. With social media, just share those things. There's an event that's out there. Share that thing. We're, we're trying to get an organic, like people saying they're interested or going, actually going. Click the going button because as that grows, more and more people see it and they say, I'm interested or I'm going. So help us by clicking the button. Help us by sharing it, letting people know on your social media about our birthday. There's also, besides what we're doing on social media, there's live and in-person events. Some of y'all are like, oh, thank God. I mean, I don't like Facebook and I don't want to do that. But here's some live and in-person ways to do it. We're doing a, a, an, an event at the Tiago's Taco Stand right here on 136th Street. We're going to be there giving away uh, cups and t-shirts and inviting people to church. And uh, man, the owner of the taco stand has been really gracious to us to help us get the word out through that. And we need people, live bodies, people that would be willing to stand up and be bold and just say, hey, let me tell you about my church. Join me. You don't have to know the gospel like the, the you need to know the gospel, but you don't have to know the Bible. You don't have to know everything there is to know about everything. Just say, hey, come. Or introduce them. Say, hey, this is this is our pastor. Let me let me introduce you. And and, and this is so and so. And and I'll be there, January the twenty first, Taco Tuesday, for that. Nine a.m. on January the twenty fifth. We're doing another community outreach. Somebody donated money. Somebody donated money so that we could give gas away in this community. So we bought seventy gas cards, $5 gas cards for the Chevron station on 152 and 137th Avenue. And we're going to be out there handing out gas cards and meeting people, praying for people, inviting people to our birthday celebration. And we need live bodies. I don't want to be out there by myself with my daughter, my wife, and my daughters doing that thing. And I need you guys to help us, support us, and encourage that by doing it. This is practical application. There's another one. We're working on a third one. We're going to get that one figured out. Um, and, and I'll let you know what that other event is. The, the place we were trying to get kind of turned us down, but we don't give up. We don't give up. That's the final thought this morning. When you're Be patient in your effort, and when you get rejected or when you get turned down, you don't give up. There was a story, and this is the close. This is the real close. Uh, there was a story uh, of a, uh, a donkey fell into a well. And it was an old donkey that, that dropped down in the bottom of the well, and the farmer went to it and heard him neighing and, like, crying to, to get out of this well. And the farmer could not figure out for the life of him what to do. He called the entire town around, called everybody and said, you know, help us get this donkey out. They couldn't, they couldn't do it. They didn't know what to do. There was no way, to, no way to bring this donkey out of this well. So they said, there's nothing left that we can do, and it's sad to watch him suffer. So I guess the only thing we can do, and it's an old donkey, the only thing we can do is, and it was an older well, it dried up, and they said the only thing we could do is bury the donkey. So they decided to begin to throw dirt on that donkey. And as the dirt fell on that donkey and he realized he was being buried alive, he began to cry. Nay, and just as you can imagine, being buried alive. But all of a sudden, the sound stopped. The neighing stopped. And they continued to shovel dirt and continued to shovel dirt. And as they, they did it, like nothing was coming up from the bottom of the well. But then they started to look down. And there, the donkey seemed like it was getting closer to, to them. You know what was happening? They were shoveling dirt on the donkey. And every time the dirt would be shoveled on the donkey, the donkey would feel the dirt on its back. And it would shake it off. Then it would stand up. And more dirt would fall on its back. 
And instead of just letting it fall on its back, it would shake it off and then stand up until shovel load, dirt pile after dirt pile continued to rise the level of the ground and that donkey was no longer stuck in a well. How many of you feel like a dead donkey sometimes, right? You feel like you're being buried alive, right? That's a nicer way to put it. But literally, like, if you feel rejected, if you feel down, if you feel discouraged, listen, join the club, number one. And number two, let's shake it off and step up because God's going to do something. Amen. Because God wants to do something. And he wants to do something in you. He wants to use you. He wants to use us. God has called us to fulfill the mission of leading people to a renewed life in Christ. And that's what we're going to do. We're trusting him with the outcome, but we're putting forth all the effort and we're praying and we're fasting and we're doing those prayer services on Thursdays. You ought to come. Tune in on Facebook at 6 a.m. on weekdays on Renew Miami. Be a part of that. Praying and seeking God. What a powerful, powerful time. And if you feel down, if you feel discouraged, man, just shake it off and step up. God has a great plan for each and every one of us. He wants to use you. He's going to use you if you let him. Would you stand with me? Let's pray together. Musicians can come on up. Man, if you feel like a dead donkey, if you feel like a dying donkey or you feel like you've been rejected or dirt thrown on you, man, let me just encourage you today to just come before the Father who sees you, who knows you, who has a plan for your life. He wants to help you shake it off and step up. So God, we pray right now for these people. We pray for hearts and lives and those that are hurting, those that are down, those that are discouraged. God, that they would be able to just say to you, oh God, God, I give you my life. I give you my struggle. I give you my rejection and my despair. I give you my sadness, my loneliness. God, here and now, I shake it off, and I stand up. Maybe there's somebody in this place, within the sound of my voice, that doesn't know the Lord. Maybe you've never declared Him a Savior, or maybe you have, but maybe you've kind of walked away. Maybe you've been kind of going your own path. And with no one looking around, and just in the dimness of this room, but I can see you, no one else is looking every head bowed and every eye closed, but you would say, Pastor, here and now today, I need, I need to come back to the Father. I need to experience Jesus. In just a moment, I'm going to give you that opportunity. I'm going to give you that opportunity to pray that simple prayer right where you're standing, right where you're at, and to allow Jesus Christ to come in to be Lord of your life, to save you, to set you free from whatever it is that might be holding you back. If today... That's you. If today you need to declare Jesus as Lord, ask him to come into your life. Would you right here and right now, would you just lift your hand and say, Lord Jesus, here and now, I declare you as my Lord. I see your hand. Praise God for you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Hey, let's give a round of applause for this one that I see. Anybody else? While, 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 we're, while we're clapping, anybody else? Praise God for you. See your hand in the back. Lord Jesus, you see hands 
more importantly, you see hearts. Lord Jesus, I ask that you administer to this people right now. It's a simple prayer of faith, and this is how it goes. And if you raised your hand, you just pray this prayer. Repeat it after me. I would encourage even the entire room, those of you that are believers, to repeat this after me just as an encouragement to those that are praying it. That way we're not doing it alone. Let's pray this together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I know I'm a sinner. I know I made mistakes. But I thank you that because of Jesus, because of the cross, I'm forgiven I'm set free, and I'm saved. Today, I declare Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you for dying for me. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all, everybody said, amen, amen. Praise God. Let's sing this closing song. Come on, let's sing loud. Let's sing with all of our heart. So for those that were just on that edge, too, you know that one brother, I didn't see who it was, but praise God for you that the heavens are rejoicing. But I, I just ask if there's anybody else, even during this song, if you feel that you need to just present it all to the Lord, you're welcome to come up front. Is that okay, Pastor? If you feel that you need to just give something, you know, to the Lord, just it's okay. You can come up to the front.
we give God praise this morning for what he's doing? For what he's doing in hearts and lives. He's crossing people over from death to life. And it's, it's, it's all worth it. Every ounce of effort, every early morning, every, every uh, sweaty t-shirt, all the stuff that we go through to make this uh, a reality every week is worth it, even for one. God, we praise you. We thank you for the things that you're doing. God, we thank you for the individual lives, those that are touched, those that are saying, God, I'm going to shake it off and I'm going to step up. Longer gonna, I'm no longer going to be rejected. I'm no longer going to be let down. I'm no longer going to be buried in, in, in my own wallows. God, you're going to help me and I'm believing you, God, to help me have the victory in everything that I do. God, be with people today, whether it's financial, whether it's relationships, God, whether it's wayward children, oh God, whether it's a, 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 um, a job situation, God, whether it is a physical need or a, a, a disease, oh God, we pray right now. We, we agree together, God, for your healing, for your help, for your restoration, oh God. You are so good. Thank you, oh God, even now, in advance, for what you're doing. I pray for the people that we're, we're reaching, the people that we're going to be ministering to. I pray for each and every one of these people that have this boldness, God, that they've never had before. To go to the Corolla and stand near it. To stand and be there for whoever it is that needs it. Thank you, oh God. We love you. We praise you. We ask you to go before us this day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mikey, come on up. Thank you, Pastor Trevor, for delivering the word this morning. Give it up for our pastor. Yes. Renew Church. I'm thankful for it. Can you guys believe that Pastor Trevor was this close to naming this church Dead Donkey Church? Thank goodness for that. Thank goodness for that. Man, but this is the part of our service where we worship God through the giving of tithes and offerings. Um, also, if you haven't done Growth Track, it's happening right now, immediately after this, once you're dismissed. It's in the art classroom. It's not too long. It helps you get to know Trevor a little bit better. It takes that next step with us to get to know us more. I encourage you to do that. But let's pray for this offering. God, we thank you for what you've done in this place, God. We thank you for exceeding our expectations, Lord, as you always do, Lord. God, I pray that you be with these families as they leave this, this church, God continue to just make ways for us, Lord. We pray for the offering, Lord, this morning, God, that you bless it, Lord, that you continue to just provide for us, Lord, and, and just do things that we can't even imagine with it, Lord. I pray that you bless these families, God. Thank you again, Father, for your church, Father. Thank you for our brothers and sisters, Lord. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You are now dismissed. Thank you. Oh, we're not dismissed. Oh, it's his birthday today. This guy, this guy's birthday today. I almost forgot. <laughs> Happy birthday, bro. You're dismissed.
waiting for your ways I'm waiting for the day When I am a soul on fire